0: And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today we have with
1: us Judy Wilkins-Smith. Judy joined us today to talk about her new book, Recode Your Emotional DNA to Unlock Your True Potential. Judy is a highly regarded organizational individual, and family patterns expert, systemic coach, trainer, facilitator. She is a motivational speaker and the founder of System Dynamics for Individuals and Organizations. She has over 18 years of experience in assisting high-performance individuals, including Fortune 500 executives and their teams, as well as legacy families, to break limiting cycles and reframe challenges into lasting breakthroughs and peak performance. And we are so excited to talk about a topic that is one of my favorite topics. It's something that I feel like is part of my
2: purpose. That I saw very early this morning, all oh. about your Louisiana roots. I had a look and, and yeah, it was, it was interesting. Very interesting because so often we're protecting by changing identities, but it's going to pop back up and what it's going is, don't exclude me. I belong the way I belong. I have a guy who you relate to who came in and t- he told me, I'm very, 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 very Christian. And I said, Mark, okay, and I need you to go and look for this. And he came back and he went, and my great grandfather was very, 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 very Jewish. Mm-hmm. So when people are super dogmatic about a place that they are or aren't, I want to know what in the family is being protected.
1: I love your accent. Where are you originally
0: from? UK? South Africa. Nice. I love that. And so, so you're in Texas. Yes, now,
2: now I'm the, now. By the way, because I've now got dual citizenship, so I am the real deal African American.
0: Whoa, gotcha! <laughs> and so now you're gonna take on that Texas accent too, and your accent. Oh, y'all, be y'all, I can
2: crazy- do y'all. My favorite American word, never mind Texan, is dude. Because I mean, dude. you can say anything just with that one word, and people know exactly what you're saying. Ah. <laughs>
0: I was telling oh, Shanna cool. a couple of weeks ago, I met a, a nurse and apparently his tribe in Africa is called Mandy. And Interesting. Yeah. And it's all, it's one of like the hugest tribes. And he thought I was going to have this great story. And I was like, I don't have a good story for you. Gone. <laughs> but I do
2: because I come from South Africa and the work that I do. Um, when I started, when I was about a year in, somebody said to me, of course you're going to be able to do this. And I went, why? And they said, because that's where it started. I didn't know that. And it was based on the Zulu tribe. When I was in the healthcare arena, and when I left, the person who gave my farewell speech was a Zulu chief. And he said, you may be leaving us, but you'll find a way to represent us in the world one day. And I went, yeah, yeah.
1: Ancestry work, it's not like it's new. I mean, this is, you know, and I really think that America doesn't really have that. And, I, you know, I wonder if it's because we come from so many different places, so we don't have that deep-rooted, like the Native Americans would, and, and most Indigenous cultures, they had to memorize.
2: They did. That. That's how they passed on pieces. We actually do have them, but we've now got them... As I write in the book, we've got them coded very differently. They're literally still there. You don't lose it. It's in your language. It's in your thoughts. It's in your feelings. It's in your actions. It's sitting right there. So the work I do is Genealogy 2.0. Genealogy 1.0 says here's where you belong. Genealogy uh, 2.0 says here's why it matters. Here's why your language matters. Here's why your actions matter. They don't just belong to you, but they are a portal to an incredible life if you understand what you're seeing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that happened to me and Mandy as well. And, you know, this wasn't a journey that I chose. And so I'm kind of excited to find out how you got on the path that you're on.
2: Well, you did choose it. You just don't know you chose it. I, I'm the same, by the way, but we did choose it. For me, we moved over here. My dad was killed. They failed him in all three areas of my medical specialty and it was so that was the door closed I wasn't going back near that and I it was a case of either start writing books or go crazy and I figured writing books was probably a little easier than going crazy so started writing the books then met someone who said come and study this work and I'll help you with a book Went and studied the work, got zero help, by the way, with the book. Then had people saying to me, well, if you could do this for one person, can you do it for companies? And if you could do it for companies, can you do it for leaders? And so that began. And then people wanted to learn how to do the work that I do. So that took me literally around the world. I've been to Australia and South Africa and the Latin countries and the Nordic countries and worked with top of the tops and... And very quietly with heads of state and that sort of thing. But I think the minute that I got into it, it was like you describe. I went, okay, that's it, and didn't stop. Every time I want to stop, something else happens. So I don't get to stop. You know, it's like the universe has a very good sense of humor. Yeah, that was how I got into it.
1: Totally agree. And I think Mandy would too. It's like as soon as I thought something was over, Well, I had something else. It was almost like my ancestors were like standing in a line and like a mile of ancestors kind of waiting to be heard and waiting to tell their story.
2: And push you forward because you're the one who's now their legacy. So they needed you to hear the story so that you would understand how it was impacting you now and would impact others going forward.
0: Yeah. 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 So Judy, I would love to hear more about what you found in your ancestry and talk a little bit about, you know, what's in your DNA.
2: Sure. So I am um, Irish, German, British. My great grandfather was the first chief inspector of Scotland Yard, which of course then isn't surprising because he was always sleuthing around. My father, was the only degree he didn't have was his 33rd degree as a freemason so i come from that i had a grandfather who was a reluctant mystic whose grandmother used to the picture used to cry if somebody was going to die and a mother who was very very psychic so people ask me all the time are you and i go no i'm just willing to look
0: What patterns did you see that maybe like were transferred down? You know, me and Shanna, our favorite topic is epigenetics. And with all the science. Oh,
2: I love epigenetics. Well, you know, it's in my book. I love epigenetics. We had a grandfather who left his homeland. And of course, we've now left ours. I think if I look at, at all of them, there were two things. One was if you're going to do something, do it properly which means that perfectionist piece definitely comes out. But it's it's more than a perfectionist piece. It's if I'm going to give you something, I want to know that I've given you the fullness. You're going to get a full amount. So when I hear people being in the victim mode here, no matter where you've come from, I think sometimes I look at it and I go, and I said this yesterday, I was teaching on the shift network. And I said to him, if you want to transform, there is one basic rule quit being a victim because we all are in some areas, quit. And it's not that it makes you good, bad or anything else. But for as long as you're invested in that, that's the mindset you're invested in. Those are the feelings you're invested in. Those are the thoughts and the the patterns you're invested in. You can't move. And so I've got from my own patterns was there are no victims here. We all have a path. And it's a good idea to walk it. And I think if you've been victimized, you want to work out what is your journey to unvictimize and to be in a place where you look at it and go, wow, look what I did. Look where we've gotten to. If you've always got to depend on someone else who you label the perpetrator, the problem with that is not only will you not get there in a happy space, but you have an extremely high chance of being the perpetrator.
0: Is this part of the systemic
2: work that you do Uh, yes it is often with systemic work what you're looking for is a limiting or often limiting pattern that keeps you stuck or you may be looking for a reason why you act in a certain way it could be good could be difficult when you find that then generally as you find the pattern the pattern has served its purpose and you can choose something new where I work the most is finding the pattern, having a look at where it came from, what its effect was, why it's there for you now, and then what are you going to do with that? What is the chapter that only you can write and the system is waiting for you to write that? Because that is your purpose and that is your legacy.
1: Okay, do you believe that everyone has that?
2: everyone has it yes, there is this is everyone. no exception it's everyone right. we we think you've got to be some mystic or some swami floating 2 inches above the floor no this is everybody the minute you start to look at where you're annoyed where you're sad where you're stuck and then you also pay attention to your heart's desire you're literally looking at the pattern trying to stop and the pattern trying to emerge through you and then it's your job to go in that direction. There are times when I have somebody who comes in and says, I was treated terribly as a kid, terribly. My mother abused me or my father abused me. And and they look at me and they wait for me to go, oh, that's terrible. And I go, what did you get from it? And they go, excuse me? What did you get from it? How did that change you? Well, I was determined to never be this way. So you got something when you can keep looking at what did you get you're not going to feel stuck by what's in front of you because that is your life journey and for some people a life journey begins with a big bump it doesn't come with a beautiful bow it comes with a smack if we're smart in the moment when the smack is happening you start to watch your thoughts watch your feelings watch your actions because if you pivot properly you're going to go all the way up. If you don't, you're going to go into the big sleep that most of us are in.
1: Just recently, Mandy, tell her about, you know, what you had sent me about Salem. Cause Mandy has
0: one of the um, oh, witches, that oh, yes. witches that were not a witch. A couple teenagers like advocated to get one of the last witches that was hung, exonerated. And it was just these young girls that did it. And I thought that that was so great that they even cared. You know, and you t- know what, and
2: it's funny, I don't easily get touched by that, but I can feel myself tearing up because, wow, somebody was finally willing to look. bumps, awesome. yes. Me too, complete yes. I I love that.
1: What, what, how many, like, it was in the 1600s. And the interesting okay. thing about that, Mandy, is that
2: the ones who actually got them into or accused them and got them convicted were young girls.
1: You want to hear something crazy? We did a Reiki retreat. We did it twice last year. And I had two clients who were sisters. And Faye took my Reiki class. And Mandy was joining me for Reiki as well. We went to this Reiki retreat. Mandy's ancestor was Pudiator. And the two girls that were sisters, their last name was Putnam, and I was thinking to myself, I, I offered her. I said, You know, I do ancestry work and I, I work with ancestry.com. I said, Do you, you know, it's always great to do. And I really just wanted to get in her tree because I wanted to see if she was related to the original Putnam sisters who were the first accusers. And yeah. they were. And so here we are up in this. Isn't that amazing?
2: Tree. Victim and perpetrator yes. descendants but together. Guess
1: what? I yes. told Sandy and I told the sisters. And I told everybody in the retreat, Mandy and the two sisters did not connect or hear me. I told them again, not one of them. And so uh, even one time we're in the kitchen at this retreat place. And I said, do you think it's kind of weird that like, they're not talking about it? They don't connect to it. And I said, I told, I told them several times we get home later. And I'm like, I tell Mandy, I'm like, I'm surprised that you guys didn't kind of like talk about it. Maybe like you know, whatever. I thought it was kind of neat. I thought, you know, generations later, you know, oh my God, you guys are here together. And she's like, what? And I was like, I told you. And she goes, Shanna, I would remember that. That's obviously important. I would have definitely. Same thing with the Putnam sisters when I talked to them. So they couldn't, they couldn't
2: hear it. The system could not hear it. But it's interesting for me because what happened with you, and this is what we see with With generations, you get this group who wants this group to make reparations. Exactly the wrong move. When you've got a group who comes in and voluntarily says, we're going to sort out this right move. That is amazing. So literally the two lots were brought together and could not see each other.
1: There is some sort of energy that for some reason, I guess, isn't ready to reconcile. Do you think that?
2: I think there are many energies that are very ready to. We have large demographics of people who are not willing to look Mm -hmm. at the moment. The minute you get to these ultra-right, ultra-left ultras, they're the ones who are holding that, I'm not letting this go down. And so it really is up to a more moderate group in the middle to say, can we look and to then Mm -hmm. create a safe space for ultra and ultra to come in and be able to sit down. Because for as long as we don't create a safe space for them to be there, they're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and wilder and wilder. And eventually you've got Palestine and Israel or Lebanon and Israel because they didn't sort it out way back in in the desert in the Bible days. Now we've got this happening. And the crazy thing is if we were willing to sit down now Mm -hmm. And simply acknowledge all of the demographics and give each one its place and then say, okay, up to now, these have been the patterns and this is what's happened. Moving forward, I cannot take care of your ancestral burden and pay you back for whatever. You cannot take care of my perpetrator side of the system and blame me forever. What can we learn from each other?
0: So I can't take credit for this question because you fed it to us, but I have to know. What is the scientific evidence for emotional DNA?
2: Epigenetics. Epigenetics is the first one. The minute you have a significant event that creates a severe enough or hard enough impact on the system, it begins to echo through the generations and it creates a blueprint for the, the generations of behavior. And that's thoughts, feelings, language, actions, inactions you will see it all you can see that in the studies done on the great dutch hunger winter the studies done in 9 11 and the studies done on the holocaust in the great dutch hunger winter they had an entire city that was ringed around and they were starved and they then did studies on the women who'd been pregnant at the time and the children carried those ptsd markers but in the form of food or eating problems that's that still continues four generations later. 9-11, the mothers who were pregnant had PTSD markers. The children have active and elevated PTSD markers, like with the Holocaust. Somebody who gets compensated, the survivor's children or descendants are compensated for that. Here's the problem with that. They are compensated, but because they're compensated for a suffering, they believe they must suffer. So you've got to be very careful when you're handing down compensation and when you're accepting it. If they were to take it and say, I can do something good with this, it switches it up. If they say, I too will suffer, well, great. You've just perpetuated another pattern for the next how long? And I have Jewish friends who've said to me, you don't understand. It is our legacy to suffer. And I go, and how much longer are you going to perpetuate that one? Oh, I have German friends and they say, we are not allowed to grieve because of the terrible things that we did. You did it? Well, our ancestors did. You did not. Stop. Stop. Because the minute you keep doing that, all you do is perpetuate misery. What joy do you want to bring?
1: Just because your ancestors were actual you know, victims and suffered. Cannot. You know, it's time to take that suffering and turn it into like the legacy of
0: strength. I swear we've got more energy on here than we think. <laughs> I think all your, ans- it's all your ancestors, but that was a huge shift. And my husband, when I talked to him about epigenetics and, you know, he was raised by a father who was in a war and his grandfather that was in a war and his great grandfather that was in a war and his uh, grandfather uh, was given one of the most elite awards that a military man could receive. And he never even told his wife about it. These men were men of few words. They hardly spoke. They never shared emotions or feelings. And I believe a lot of that was passed down to my husband. And so when he was able to see that pattern and I brought it to his attention, it really clicked for him because he's like, well, I don't want our son to be that way. And, you know, as he's gotten older and also through the ups and downs of our marriage, he's really like tried to be more mindful to being able to express himself um, and to be able to um, not be that strong military man all the time and to be able to break down and, and show himself a little bit more.
2: So here's the piece that your husband hasn't clicked yet. That pattern passed all the way to him for a reason.
0: Mm -hmm. It
2: said to him, here is what we've got. What can you do that's different? If we're from military and we've been given an award for valor in war, how will you be given an award for peace? If we were strong military who didn't have voices or didn't choose to use our voices, how will you use yours? Because that's exactly what's being asked of him. The ask of him is to be the peaceful voice. Yeah.
1: I know we're always so focused on like the material world and if that's not part of it but it is I think like you said earlier it is our purpose you know I had never wanted to know about my ancestors I was like who cares what they did well the thing was is that what happened is, is really how I connected it was that I was gr- brought up in a family that self-love was very selfish in fact you did nothing for yourself you only did for your children oh I love you it served 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 and I I admired that in the women of course, in my of course because were you were
2: born up to you were born to to do that right
1: do that and I broke that mold I broke it and my daughters broke it and then it was like my purpose became to share my self-love journey with everyone because it was like I didn't even have a self, but I thought that, that I shouldn't have a self. I should just have my religion or my children. And when I came out of that, and really living in Colorado actually helped me with that. Cause if I'd been in Louisiana, that was more accepted still, but here right. in Colorado, right. people, you know, women were more liberated here. And so I remember Mandy one time even saying to me, like, You know, I'd be like, well, I can't leave my kids, you know. And she's like, why? I mean, you know, or like my partner's mother has been a business owner her whole life. Her mother went to college. I mean, you know, these are dreams that I didn't have because I was supposed to just be a
2: mom. (laughs) Exactly. But there are dreams you can have right now. There's never an expiration date on dreams. Just first remember that. I love that you flipped it around. That's what you were intended to do. Sometimes the system squeezes as tight as it can until you're so uncomfortable, you oh, can't yes. anymore. And that right. and the system is saying, do something different.
1: Learning about my ancestors helped me discover it why it was... They were like that. I mean, the French Creole women who couldn't marry were oftentimes taken as mistresses. Their whole life was their children in their church. And so I was able to see this pattern and understand how it trickled down to Absolutely. And I love that that
2: you said women in church because you could then say, for all of you women who had church and children, Look at me. I can have church children, da, da 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 da. Thank you for all the steps you put in. Right. Thanks to you and the steps you put in. I can do all of
1: this. It's like I saw their weaknesses, but I also saw the strength that it took yes. to get through that
2: absolutely and then you amplify that and, and flip the weakness right you asked about the scientific evidence the one piece was epigenetics oh, yeah. okay. yes. the other one is neuroscience we know the brain is neuroplastic and you can literally change your life by changing one thought one feeling one action at a time now there is a bit of alchemy in that I always say to people I could say sit here all day long I'm a billionaire I'm a billionaire I'm a billionaire it's not going to do anything but mm-hmm. When the brain tells the body a story that the body can believe and the body goes, yes, then you've got game on. Then you will get to where it is that you want to be. But it's got to be head, heart, and gut so that it aligns. And that then goes to your neuroplasticity, your neural uh, uh, parts, and neuroscience. So those two are very heavily into this.
0: We've had some people on before that said you can actually change your DNA. You really can't. Actually, change your DNA, correct?
2: Well, if you have one new thought, one new feeling, and one new action, what you're looking at as well, bear in mind, is with the epigenetics, there are pieces being activated and deactivated. If you come from a line who have been very ill and you start taking different steps and you're rewiring your brain and your body, I think the jury's probably out. I am not so sure that you cannot not rewire your DNA and bear in mind that doctors already know that your your mind is where your disease process starts you're either living by the hormones of stress or the hormones of love one or the other pick it and each one has an outcome the one um initiates a disease process the other one initiates an insight process most of us are really adept at initiating or activating the disease process
1: I have a theory so every time we create a new neural pathway yes so like i did with the self-love you know i made new neural pathways that i I've, I've been going there so often that light is so bright it's almost automatic for me there right but it is it is an energy and a light and it became brighter and brighter and that's how it gets faster you know at first it wasn't that fast right at mm-hmm. first i had to make a conscious decision to go there But then eventually got brighter and the energy got bigger, right? And it just like became automatic almost. In doing that, I'm creating this extra light and energy in my physical. My soul's coming forth more as in light. My light is actually coming and making brighter light within my DNA.
2: Yes, you're choosing the mindset of the one who will go towards the light and that's exactly what we're saying with victims and perpetrators you choose it's yeah. not that it happens to you you choose you see people in awful circumstances who are still not victims you see people in fabulous circumstances who are still victims it's choice
0: it's yeah. choice yeah. Yeah. you want to hear my theory yes i need to figure out if it would actually work i was thinking about You know, you do this ancestry work. You've got people from all over the world that were brought up eating different foods, yet we all try the same diets. What isn't it interesting to think that maybe if I go back to my roots and see what my ancestors were eating, that maybe that's the stuff that my body might need?
2: I'm with you because I will tell you in I can eat South African garlic. I cannot eat American garlic. Uh, there are a couple of things i can eat i think that does hold true is we have gut biomes that are based on also on our origins i would say absolutely yes i think we're far more complex than we imagine but and that gut biome if you go back to you'll find that there are different diseases different dna strands difference because that's the process that we followed shift you over to another country and Either you're going to adapt or you're going to start finding that there are just things that you you don't adapt to. And the question then becomes, what part of this country can I not take?
1: But you know what else is very interesting, and I don't know if you do, when I'm talking to people, like within the first five minutes for sure, I'm hearing their ancestors. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting all these clues of where they're from, who their ancestors are, and I start to see them. And, I, and in their words. In their language that's coming out, I'm saying, Oh wow, she's got strength. That's a Viking right there.
2: You're tattling on your ancestors all day long, all day yes. long. Everything that comes out of your mouth mm-hmm. is tackling on your ancestors and the events that live there. I had a woman who came in who said to me, Events, by the way, are what sparks everything. Sparks mm-hmm. everything oh because words. the event creates the reaction, creates the decisions, the thoughts, the feelings, and all of that. So I, I had a woman who came in and uh, she said to me oh my goodness this was an absolute catastrophe i was almost eviscerated before i got to you this morning nearly wiped out a half a dozen times and and then i was nuked by my my uh, boss I'm, I'm burning i'm burning and i said to him what happened and she said, oh well i got into the car almost ran a stop sign it was a little bit unpleasant then my boss told me i was late and i went wait that's not the story you just told is there a big event in your family system that you don't talk about? And she went, oh, yeah, my mother and I outran a volcano. My brother and father did not. All Uh, of the language sitting right there. You may have outrun it, but your language sure did not. And people tell on themselves all day long. When I'm uh, working with a group, most facilitators will say to you, please sit still, sit in a circle, da-da-da-da-da, and we'll take breaks. I don't. I'm working with them. If they need to get up and move around, I love it because they're tattling on themselves and I am sure watching.
1: You know, like me talking to you right now, I can see, you know, and plus you shared your ancestors, like certain things you said. I was like, oh, there's that Scottish. I was tapping into that and we had a guest on. She had Mayan ancestor. She was actually talking about that. And all of a sudden I stopped seeing her and I started to see this like old woman and really kind of looked a little alien as well. And I drew a picture and I stopped even listening to her cause I was so like, when is she going to turn back to normal? And she never did. But you know, do you see my ancestors? Because- I feel them
2: and hear them and I know their place. So um, I never walk into a room without yeah. mine with me. And yeah. I don't ever work with somebody without theirs behind them because I know that's what's there. And when somebody accuses, I want to know who they're accusing in the system, who they're accusing, and why I should go and sit in the place of the one being accused. What's happening to that one who's being accused? I'm really interested. What caused that? My mother never saw me. Okay, what happened to mom? Mm -hmm. I'm interested in that piece, because you're the recipient, but I'm interested over there because that's where it came from.
0: I'm seeing a lot of people's lives disrupted by ancestry you know i've had a good friend's call because they found out their dad cheated on their mom and they have these other siblings they're getting really upset or like even for Shannon, it was hard at first you know so it, it can really stir up some deep emotions and a lot of people are just seeing the surface of that when they get on ancestry and what advice would you have for people um, getting on there and finding these things out that are upsetting
2: lots of things first of all I'm not too sure why actually I am if you're upset it's because that's what you were conditioned to to be we've got to be outraged we've got to be upset we've got to be miserable we're going to discover the family skeletons now if they were to switch their brain just a little bit and understand that all of that is treasure waiting for you it's literally treasure waiting for you to sit and look at and go oh I got that I got that I can use that I want to do that differently this is why that is what looks like a junk pile is your treasure so that's number one and here's my other one okay so we now know I've got a half brother because dad had an affair with and you've now got more not less but because you were raised a certain way you think you have to grieve or be outraged stop you're sitting with a treasure chest go and explore the treasure chest the other thing that I would I would say to you is on my website I created two constellations meditations one is the meditation of the mother the other one's the meditation of the father and I was very fortunate I had a Grammy award-winning producer and composer who worked with me but it's specifically to take you all the way back into your lineage so you get a a very felt sense of your father's lineage and your mother's lineage. The next thing I would say to people is don't judge it. We're very quick to judge history. That doesn't Mm -hmm. teach us anything except to be prime judges. Oh good, yippee, you can learn nothing from judging. Go and have a look at two things. Where do you struggle in life the most? Then have a look at the patterns in the system and see, is it really me or am I repeating something? Then listen to your heart and ask it what it really wants. What are you the most called to do? And see how those two patterns are trying to fit. Your husband who doesn't understand his calling, everybody major, everybody military, everybody man of few words, everybody stoic. Along comes husband who could be a man of peace, a man of many words, a very different man who may not think just rigidly, but in many directions. And that's what the system is asking you to evolve. Its need is to survive. Its biggest desire is to thrive. And that's in your hands. So when people find out their ancestry and they start to cry, I'm like, what is wrong with you? You've got this whole treasure chest and you're crying. I swear if... If God or the universe came and said, here is your treasure chest, you go, oh no, stop. Yeah. This is your treasure chest. Use it well.
0: I absolutely love that. Like looking at, like you said, what can you get from it? And what are the know, gifts?
2: they are always yeah. gifts.
0: You know, I, I sent this to Shanna because it was on your, speaking of your website, I loved it. Life flows from your mother to you when you can accept that life exactly as it is given to you. Free of limiting stories, you and your world become transformed. Beautiful. Yeah. And I do want to say, all of
1: us have good and bad in our ancestry, y'all. Of course. I mean, they're all not nuns and priests and, you
2: know, whatever. You need to get out of my manual because that's exactly what I wrote there yesterday for the one coming down. We all have pirates, thieves, nuns, you name it, they live there quit steering and start using what they've given you
1: so looking at the whole bigger picture mandy and i are so curious about the constellation things so we're going to have to go there
2: okay so what a constellation so most people think a constellation is the stars mm-hmm. that's not what we're talking about okay. a constellation is a 3d process that we use in systemic work okay. so what we do is in a room Mm-hmm. Or wherever, wherever the event is you might come and, and say to me my mother never saw me I, I don't feel capable of being out there in the world and what I would say to you is let's have a look where that comes from that feeling small um, pick someone to represent your mom pick someone to represent your dad pick someone to represent you now place them in the room for me the way that that it is for you in other words a spatial relationship Maybe you've got you and dad close and mom over there. or You've got mom and dad close and you over here. From that, I could begin asking you, why is dad all the way over there? What's happening with mom over here? Tell me about mom. You're not close to mom. I'm not close to mom. Yeah, I can see the distance. Tell me about mom. Oh, well, mom had a really difficult upbringing and then she lost two children. And I'm, I'm going, oh. So now we know where mom's attention is and why she couldn't see you. And often that's when somebody goes, you mean it wasn't my fault? No, look where mom is. So by being able to do it all, all of this work in 3D, people are seeing it, hearing it, touching it, walking it, sensing it, feeling it. They're they're making use of all of the multiple senses. And so then what happens is in the moment, the brain begins to rewire. If The person goes, oh, it wasn't my fault. Uh, in fact, I had somebody recently I did one with, and they said, uh, my father hated me. He gave me a spanking when I was about three because I ran near the edge of a cliff, and I went, whoa, let's play that out. Put it up here, and I want to see the representative. Did he hate you, or did he love you, and he got a fright. and she went, you've just undone 62 years of my, my the ways I've been thinking. And when you can see it, And what I do is i watch. And as I'm working with them and I'm using their language back at them, in service of them, the brain starts to rewire and I'll see that physical jolt and then I know, okay, we're in. And I start connecting it to all of what's happening here. And by the end, if I had someone like Mandy's husband, I might have the military over here and I might have the children over here. And I might have him thank the military for everything they did for him And then turn him around to face the children and say what are you bringing to them and you his brain will start to rewire too because now he's no longer just anchored there he's got a very strong reason to be looking forward here and the minute the reason to look forward is stronger than the need to look back you start to shift
1: Wow! i think that you were you're in sync with my session i had yesterday with a client so we've been doing work she's on her sixth week And, you know, she went away from, she, she lives in Norway, like on this day and she goes camping and stuff by herself all the time, like on this little Island. And she likes to, well, her mom, her sister and dad got worried and and went to look for her and she saw them coming as she was returning. And she was, oh gosh, you know, her first thought was, oh great. You know, they're going to judge me and this and that. And then it shifted. And she said, you know what? They just care about me. She was actually, that's, that's wonderful. That's and it. then, yeah. And then when they got there, she, she got what she kind of expected. Where have you been? That's how responsible, you know, whatever. And she was like, you know what? Thank you for caring about me that much. Yep. Boom. And totally shifted.
2: That's exactly it, it. It's exactly it. And when people see this work happening in 3D, it, it gives them that embodied aha shift. Yes which which means it takes away years and years people often will say to me i've been working at this for 20 years how in an hour and Uh a half 3d
0: i picture you like using barbies (laughs) i use live representatives
2: you do i do live representatives here's the wild thing we are very able to sense into each other's systems think of when you watch a tv and somebody really struggles and you go Or you're watching the voice and you go, you're able to sense in. So what I do is I use live representatives and they very accurately will begin to move or offer me pieces. And this was something that Hellinger discovered a long time ago. So, um, and you'll see the synchronicities and the strange things that happen. I had a girl who came in who could not get a, a high paying job because she was too ashamed. And I said to her, what's the shame? Her father was had come from Vietnam, and they were. She said in my in my city in my town, they made us leave because he was he'd come back from Vietnam, and so they were very ashamed. So I said, all right, pick someone for you, someone for your dad, someone for your mom. So she sets them up, and the guy said the guy actually said to me, I can't do this, and I said to him, don't need you to do a thing, just allow yourself to drop in. If something happens for you, fine, but I just need information and I need you there as a place marker. Well, we get to the end of it, and he actually interacted very well. We get to the end of it, and she says to me, I will never feel the same again. Everything's My, my body is changing. And the guy sits down on the floor and he starts to cry, and he cries, and he cries, and he cries. So I sit down and I said to him, what's, what's going on for you? He says, you know, why did she choose me? Of all the people in the room and this I hear this all the time why did she choose me his name was the same as the father but he said my father was a draft dodger and because he draft dodged I'm here your father was not I will never look at somebody from Vietnam the same way again ever I've now stood on both sides because when I stood in as your father I felt like my soul was being shredded and we have this all the time it happens all the time
1: do they volunteer or do you have like typically what happens is I've got one
2: happening at uh, Disney World November 10 through 13 and so at that live event this year's capability and resilience DNA and so what we're doing is working with where is the capability and the resilience in your family or not in your family? How are you responsible for that? And how do we wire it in for you? And so you go through a whole series of these kinds of constellations. Day one and day four, I'm the person doing them. Days two and three, I'm, I run it and I have two or three facilitators I'm working with and so I'm moving between groups. But at all times, you're, you're busy working with it. So you're either having a piece of work done or you're representing for somebody else's piece of work. Here's the, here's the neat thing. If you're not doing a constellation and you're representing, you're still going to get a piece of work done. It will tweak a part of your system and you can't help but move. So by the time people leave, they've had three, four, five constellations and they are never the same again.
1: Okay. When you say move, what, what, where are they moving? What is okay?
2: So here's what happens. So I will say to somebody will say they're going to put their mother, their father, and and so I'll say place them for me the way that it is. In other words, how do you see yourself in relationship to mom and dad? And perhaps she puts okay. herself with dad, mom, self. And then suddenly, what happens is. One of the, the representative for dad says, I I can't stand here. And I say, where do you need to move to? And they'll start to move and maybe out. And I say to her, what's this? And she'll go, yeah, that's right. Dad's always disengaged. That's, That's right. When did dad first become so disengaged? Well, he went to the war and never came back. So then what I'll do is I'll pick a representative for what's over there. And maybe it's the ones who didn't come home. And you'll see the representative for dad move all the way over and go, This is where I belong. And you watch the family jolt and they go, he's never been the same. That's why. So we will have a completing conversation over there before he can turn around. And she will suddenly say something like, that's why I always feel absent or drawn to. Yep. You're sucked into the systemic trance. So they will move in response to what's happening in the system. Come in. I've worked with several families and legacy families, and they all look at each other and go, here's one that I had. I had one come in and she said, my mother never saw me. She blamed me for everything that went on. I was nothing to her. And the brother's eyes got as big as sources. And he said, you know, before we came to this event today, I was sitting at home and I discovered a box of old letters that mom had given to me. And she actually gave me one for you. And she said to me, if there was ever a time, I needed to read it to you. I think this may be the time. He'd never read it. He opens up the letter and it says, My dear child, you probably don't always know how much I love you. But I'm leaving this behind so that one day when you most need it, You will understand how much you meant to me." The guy's sitting with the tears running. She's sitting with the tears running. He said, I've never seen this letter before. It surfaced today. I wasn't going to bring this letter to class and I sure wasn't going to read it.
1: So I was just triggered because that's my scenario with my mom, my brother and me. So that's something that I would wanna work on. So, Absolutely. when you have something that is repetitive in your life that keeps coming up, yep. there's something deeper. And if you just do a little awareness, it's a little work.
2: trying to be seen. It's asking you, see me. There's something that needs to be seen and maybe re-membered. Maybe it's been excluded or something that's trying to change. You're it. Will you finally see me? That's what it's
1: doing. Yeah. My brother has a letter. I should call him up.
2: <laughs> you never know, but he will have things that neither of you know until you start doing this kind of work and you go, whoa.
1: Yeah, because we all have unique you know, relationships with our parents. That our
0: siblings you know, may not have that at all. So it's so interesting in the same household. Because they're reacting to different parts of the system. very interesting pattern in my family is all the women were you know, married, like very power, powerful men. Um, A lot of the women in my family uh, were hurt by men. So for the first part of their lives, they were giving, giving, giving themselves to their husbands. And then the second part they spent hating men. Right. My, my grandmother hated men. She always talked horrible about men when I was growing up. And now my mom is, is in that state. But it, you can just see the pattern throughout my ancestry. And it's coming
2: for you. Unless you turn around and you say, I yeah. love men. They are delicious. I welcome <laughs> them. They're incredible. Welcome in.
0: Yes. And you know what? I noticed that I would say snide remarks around my daughter and I was continuing that pattern. So once I saw the pattern in my ancestry, I was able to have awareness around a better choice of words around Which
2: Which also means that men could actually come into your system and not feel threatened.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, And not know they would be hated. Right. Let's talk about this book. This book is Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. A powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. What inspired you to put this in writing? <laughs> I see you for our listeners, she's shaking her head and rolling her eyes. <laughs> yeah, um, I got nagged. You got oh, nagged. Well, All right, I'm glad tell you us did. about it.
2: <laughs> well, I've, I've been teaching this for a while and I teach it very differently to the way that most others will teach it. And people kept saying to me, there needs to be a book. There needs to be a book. There needs to be a book. And eventually I went, I'll do a little ebook and then it kind of took off from there. It, it, I did not, that did not have that in mind. But I think the other thing for me was I got so tired of hearing people saying I'm stuck when you, you couldn't be further from the truth and with this work because it is highly experiential and very transformative i've had to codify it in a way that's also very logical because i work with it in in large companies but i wanted people to be able to instead of having to come and see someone because not everybody can get to an event i wanted them to be able to take this book and go on a fully transformational journey and be able to do it for themselves understand their systems and begin to understand that this is genuinely, genuinely the transformative gold you've been waiting for all your life. It's right there. You just have to take it. And so honestly, that that was the biggest reason for writing the book, was getting serious and not just saying, well, I do this stuff and, but saying, okay, it has a purpose.
0: Do you teach other people how to facilitate this yeah i do um i'm a
2: trainer yeah i'm a trainer in this work as well as as um a straight systemic facilitator so i do i teach people around the world how to do it i teach them in in intact teams in company and i teach individuals how to do it i I do a lot of my work with people on zoom but if you really want to have the full impact and understand what's happening it is super smart to come to an event and actually get that full on 3D experience.
0: You know, like Queen Elizabeth's family, they might need you. I have been,
2: well, so I will tell you very gently, and that's all I'm going to say is, I have worked with royalty indeed.
1: I have found that, because I've probably done, I don't know, maybe a hundred trees, You know, I mean, I've done a lot of work with people and I have found that most a lot, like I'd say 50% of us here in America are connected to the royal families. And I thought that that was so interesting. And then I start going down like the royal bloodline and I'm like, oh man, it was quite interesting, but which was the same journey I was taking to find Sophia, which was even more interesting. So my it was like I, I got past the ancestry but I used the skills from ancestry to do my my work on the discovery of Pissa Sophia and like how those gnostic gospels it was very interesting everything has been connected.
2: Everything does connect and I think uh that the other thing about the book mandy that's super important is that it's literally genealogy 2.0. Now we okay. know that there are over there there's some a couple of billion family trees out there. So people are very aware that their connections matter. This book shows them exactly why they matter and how to use them. It is, it's genealogy two-pointer.
0: What Shanna does, I my brain can't do on Ancestry, like the way she tracks people and the way she right. finds them you know, the census reports, like, it's very hard for me. I mean, Shanna was so connected and and guided. Like, that's the one thing she taught me was, like, if you see a name and it's jumping out at you, follow that for a minute. Study that person. Listen to, you know, Shanna even, like, started reading French out of nowhere when she was doing her ancestry. That makes
2: perfect sense.
0: The thing that I like is that she will do it, but then she walks you through it. So it's not like you just have someone do your whole tree for you and hand it over to you on a right. pile of papers. Is that kind of what you do? Do you start them out on their tree or do you have them do it themselves? No,
2: no I don't do anything on their tree. Okay. I, I tell them, go and look at your tree. I have nothing to do with their tree. But what I do have uh, to do with is that emotional DNA. Where is your emotional okay. DNA? That's my specialty. Where did it come from? How is it affecting you? What are you going to do with that? And then they go back and they start looking at their family trees and they go, oh, 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 because that's when the light bulb goes on. When okay. they have started working with their patterns, they now go back to genealogy 1.0 and they go, oh, this is what this is. It's not just this little thing. It's a big deal. And then mm-hmm. I, I say to them, look at the events. Events matter. Events are what created the language, the thoughts, the actions, the feelings, the the links, and the choices. Mm -hmm. Go back and look. So now you're looking at, where do I belong? How does that matter? And then, what is my purpose?
0: So when you go to Disney World, are you gonna be working with Cinderella to figure out why her stepmom was so evil? Are you gonna use Mickey Mouse as like the evil stepsister? (laughs)
2: Who was mother? First of all, I'm going to tell you, you should be at this event that I'm doing because both of you will have your minds blown. You're going to get it in, in spades all over. So you should be. Secondly, the reason I take people to Disney World is because if you're going to make magic, you may as well be in the heart of magic to discover your magic and walk you a little something. Magic is not a woo-woo word. It is a very, very deep part of your soul. And so I take them to that. So what we do is during the day from eight until four, we work from five until nine. I I take them and I say, now go and take your heart into Disney and and don't just look with commercial eyes. Disney understands very well the hero's journey. Now go and walk the hero's journey and bliss out because that's what you're here for.
1: You've been such a pleasure. I love that you got nagged to write this book. (laughs) Great.
2: You two need to be there. For you, particularly, Mandy, for you, it'll have a very different thing. So, Shanna, you'll just sink into it and that'll be be it. But for your connection, Mandy, listen to those constellations meditations. You'll you'll see how you can connect differently. I know that Shanna's going to make something different out of those, I can tell you now. But if the two of you are doing what you're doing, you might seriously consider joining us.
0: Yeah, what are the dates again?
2: November 10 through 13. It's during the International Food and Wine Festival.
0: Oh, heck yeah. I love my food. Oh, (laughs) let me tell you, they do
2: the most amazing stuff.
0: Judy, where can our listeners find your book and where can they find your website?
2: Okay, so book easy. Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, all the good booksellers. And then to find me... Just go to JudyWilkins-Smith.com and you'll find everything that you need to know about me.
0: And now it's time for Break That Shit Down.
2: I would say that you are not. There is no such thing as a train wreck. You are a remarkable life. If only you know how to see it. Be willing to look
0: love that. You know what? I love that too because I tend to always call myself like the hot mess express. I think I'm going to change that now. Please <laughs> don't do that. Sometimes as a mom, I feel that way. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I, and I
2: hear that. And I, I'm going to tell you about you because I get different feelings from both of you. You play a lot smaller than you should. You do. Yeah. You're a lot bigger than your point of view you hold about yourself. Yeah. You know. she's You like are ready to, to give everybody their place. Make sure nobody is ever excluded, no matter what.
1: Thank you. So psyched about your book. I'm so psyched to get this out there because I just, it's one of the things that I don't think is talked enough about. And I think it is truly, like it is our purpose to discover where we came from, who we are and what we're going to do with it.
0: We are big.
2: We are very, very big. On my website, it says, how big are you willing to be? Mm. God in God the universe never put us here to play small. Did not. We decided that don't do it.
0: You're beautiful. Thank you for sharing today.
2: Thank you both. I yeah. really enjoyed my time with you.
0: Thank you so much. Take Have care. Great day. Keep looking.
1: Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe.
0: Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.